0: Morning, church. Hope everybody's doing well this morning. Um, We have had several good weeks here at North Hills uh, with last week's service and acknowledging what God has done in Evan's life and leading him to be an elder. And uh, the weeks leading up to that, we've been in Psalms and Proverbs, and we are turning for the next few weeks uh, to. Advent. We've been doing Advent and the reading of God's Word, talking about the coming of the Lord. Uh, This morning we are going to look at a passage that uh, is prominent when we talk about the coming of the Lord if we talk about prophecy from the Old Testament. So if you want to go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter 11, that's where we'll be this morning. Isaiah chapter 11. It is a passage in which a lot of people would turn this time of year to look to the coming Messiah. It's a passage in that we um, would readily read if you had an Advent calendar or if you had a reading this time of year. It, it's something that a lot of uh, people would use at this time of year to look to the coming Messiah, and so this morning we're not going to read something that uh, you probably have never heard, uh, although it's 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 cool. Okay, uh, you're you're going to find it maybe a little weird and at a place, but um, if you would let us read one through ten of chapter eleven in the book of Isaiah. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. And a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek, of the earth he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins verse 6 the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them a cow and the bear shall graze their young shall lie down Together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal for the people, for of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we open up your word and as we uh, read and we, we've heard some of these words before, um, may you just um, take this time, use it to turn our hearts to you, use it in our lives to remind us of, of what you have done for us and how glorious that is. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well this morning we um, obviously a a topic and a time of year in which is central to christianity uh, the the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus, Jesus coming as a babe, living dying, rising again on the third day is the central like it, it's 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 everything and so honestly um, to put that into perspective in one sermon is not possible. Like there's so much that goes into Christ that there are literally not enough words nor time to discuss and go through uh, the meaning, the fullness of Christ and and his coming. Um, this morning, I want us to look at this passage and I'm going to use a word a lot this morning. So I want to make sure that we... Are on the same page with what it means, um, providence. I'm going to say providence, providential, probably some made up words associated with providence. And so let's let's talk about what it means. So if we were just looking at the word, um, if we were just looking at how it's made up, um, it would literally mean foreknowledge, like that. That would just be the if you took the like well, I don't know, what do, you, what do you call that? Follow a word, I don't know, it starts with an E. Uh, etymology, okay, John got it. Um, if you took that of the word, it would just mean foreknowledge, beforehand sight maybe. But that's not the totality of what, when we talk about providence, when we talk about particularly God's providence in his work, um, that's not the full fullness of the meaning of the word um, it does involve foresight or or foreknowledge it does involve the fact that God knows what is going to be it does involve that but is not that is not in, in totality and so R.C. Sproul puts it like this he, he points out first that um, the first time that we see in Scripture. Uh, a reference to the providence of God is with Abraham and Isaac, and, and Abraham is taking his child um, to be to be sacrificed, and, and Isaac rightfully says, "Look, we we got wood, we got fire, um, Dad, where's the lamb?" And Abraham's response is, "God will provide," and it, it, that is that is provision that is what we were talking about when we talk about providence Um, rc goes on to say that this is the first time the bible speaks of god's providence which has to do with god's making a provision for our need and of course this passage looks forward to the ultimate provision he has made by virtue of his divine sovereignty the supreme lamb who was sacrificed on our behalf our Baptist Confession, um, I will read you what it says, except my Baptist Confession is back on the Lord's Day, so uh, if you were in Sunday school this morning, that's what was covered. All right, chapter 5 of the Baptist Confession says this about God's providence. God, the good creator of all things in his infinite power and wisdom, doth uphold, direct, dispose, and govern all creatures and things from the greatest even to the least by his most wise and holy providence to the end for which they were created according unto his infallible foreknowledge and the free and immutable counsel of his own will to the praise of the glory of his wisdom, power, justice, infinite goodness, and mercy. And it ends like this. It says, The providence of God does in general reach to all creatures. So after more, in a special manner, it takes care of his church and disposes of all things to the good of it. And so we see this picture of providence is not merely that God knows the future. But it is that he is active about bringing it about. Uh, he is active in his in his creation in a way that he is sovereign over it. And so, when we talk about providence today, um, it is the active work of God bringing about <coughs> bringing about His will. Um, that that is this is the picture of providence that we will see. And so, let's dive in to this. So chapter 11 starts with this phrase, the shoot of Jesse or some may have the root of Jesse or the stump of Jesse. Um this is a very clear image that the coming Messiah would be of the line of David. Jesse was David's dad and so obviously if you're in the line of David, you're also in the line of Jesse. And so Um, This is just a just a picture, a word picture that we get um, to say that the coming one would be from the line of David. And so God's providential plan, we're going to talk about God's providential plan and justice. Um, And so we start with verse one, the shoot of Jesse. There's no mistake that this is uh, pointing to God's plan that. It would be from the line of David that the chosen one would come from. Um, But if you backed up to chapter 10, the last, and in fact, you may have a heading in your Bible. uh, The remnant of Israel will will return is how it's headed in mind. But if you looked at verses 20 through 34 through the end of that passage, um, it discusses a remnant that God will claim. Uh, verses 21 it says a remnant will return the remnant of jacob and then later in 22 it says only a remnant a remnant of them will return Uh, a remnant will be restored and i want you to remember that word restored because we're going to talk about it some more here in just a little bit if i say it three times you're going to remember restore 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 okay remember that we talked about restoring the remnant here this is what the picture that we get uh in isaiah chapter 10 that god is going to restore his people um and so we're going to get back to that in just a minute but god's providence is on full display it has been his plan the entire creation uh, to bring about the happenings here and so we see that god um has brought his people to the place where there's going to only be the remnant there there's only going to be the ones in which he is bringing out the ones that he is restoring there is no doubt in his hand um and we see that even more so in verse 11 because we know what is to come we we had the privilege of not only in their time they they were looking forward to the one that was to come we we had the the privilege the opportunity to to look back on his coming and understand there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse we know that to be Christ we know that is to be Jesus that's been God's providential plan from the beginning he has brought it about that Christ would come. Why? What was going on? Why Why is Christ here? Why is Christ coming? It says in verse 4, He shall judge with righteousness. And if we just sat there for a moment, if we just realized what was being said just for a few seconds um, it probably should terrify us all and it probably would have been um, an eye-opening words to read or hear uh, for the original audience because what they had been judged by was the letter of the law they They had this set of rules, and they they checked them off and It was not a heart issue for them as much as just the good and the bad list, the do's and the don'ts. The Lord has come. And he set them straight. He said, "It's always been about the heart of the law." I'm, he came to judge in righteousness. He's not merely looking at the outward appearance of man or the outward actions or, or what we can do enough in front of other people. There's there's no good and naughty list, and you know they have to do for God to to weigh in to to sway the scale to your side you need there's no there's not enough that we can do to tip the scale to the righteous side for us like it's, it's not a it's not a mere checks and balance of if I do one more good thing than I did bad then I'm good it no the Lord says He is judging with all righteousness. The Lord has come knowing full well that there were none righteous, no, not one. The Lord has come knowing that you and I and no one, everyone else on the planet that has ever lived did not live up. We've tried the list. We've tried the do's and the don'ts. And we don't measure up. He's looked through to the hearts of men and found none worthy so justice what is that what is that if if we were merely looking at the record if we were in the court of law and we put it down all of us would be guilty every one of us would be guilty the lord is to judge not with his eyes not with what he just hears we can't talk our way out of it but it is looking at the hearts of men for righteousness we should in this life desire justice this world only knows of the shadows of justice like we we have this a very limited idea of what it is to be just. Um, we have we have laws, we have rules. I mean, if you work anywhere, there's rules to follow. If you um, if you drive today, some of you probably broke one getting here. I did not. I did not drive. So, uh, but many of you probably broke a law getting here, um, going over the speed limit. Um, I probably did jaywalk, though, getting here. So sorry. Um, so I, I broke a law, maybe, I, I, and for that I'm I'm guilty. Um, if anybody hears this, please don't give me a ticket. Um, so I I'm guilty. We're guilty, but we should, in general, in the world, um, be about justice with the idea that understanding that all of us are guilty. Justice in the world can be not dealt with rightly. There's only one who can rightly handle justice because there's only one who is worthy there is only one who is without guilt there's only one who is without stain or blemish ultimately it is one truly unjust act on our savior that God has providentially provided a way for us to bypass justice and be justified through what we do not deserve. The just Jesus has come as the Father's provision lamp to save the remnant of His people by taking on the sins of the unjust and giving faith to them. So justice is only found in Christ. Because he's the only one that is able. There's a whole lot of talk of, of justice, but that is only a shadow of what true justice is. Christ has come for His people, not because we are just, not because we lived up, not because we did all the things right and we made the good list. God's providential plan includes God's providential peace. And this is where this passage, man, it it turns to this glorious picture of, from this glorious picture of the Christ who is to come, and he shall judge with righteous, and he shall be equitable. Um, He shall have the belt of righteousness and faithfulness to a word picture that's just crazy verses 6 through 9 the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together so we start seeing all these animals pictures you know these these animals that would not normally be together that would not normally dwell together and doing things that are not normal to what they are so like We get down a little bit further and the lion is eating straw like the ox and the cow and the bear grazing together. So it's just out of the norm like this is unnatural in our sense. Like this is not how nature is working. Because Christ has come to restore a relationship And so you could look at these passages and it it has been said many things about these particular verses. We could look at it and say God's restoring us back to the Garden of Eden, like the way things were supposed to be. Um, And it would make sense, some of that. I mean, this is except for there were no babies in the Garden of Eden. So maybe not. Um, Maybe this is talking of a millennial reign in the future where where everything is going forward to God's goodness and God's peace and and maybe maybe that's what that is too however it doesn't really matter what the future is or the past or what is being said because the word picture is the same in all of those cases and it it is talking about God restoring the relationship of His people and how things were supposed to be. The wolf and the lamb should lie down together. The world was at peace, and the world will be at peace only through Christ. If if you want peace at Christmas time, it's only going to be found in Christ. Christ has come to restore the relationship between the Father and His people i told you to remember that word restore we talked about being the remnant being restored so what is what is peace if if we just ask what is peace if you go look it up in webster's dictionary it is the absence of war uh, would be a, a a definition given but in scripture the definition of peace or shalom Um, is a much fuller word It's a much bigger thing in fact shalom would probably conjure up images of um, completeness and tranquility and the idea that it's being restored to that Uh, shalom is being restored to completeness so peace here peace that god has bring is restoring the relationship restoring what has been broken restoring the incompleteness of man it is that is peace that is he is restoring us to himself he's restoring the relationship that we have with him that is peace if you want peace at christmas find christ come to christ the babe that has come because he is peace That is the only way in which we can find true peace. Believers may bring in the thought that, well, if I follow Christ, there will be no fear. And if if we just read verses 6 through 9, and we said, this is what I get. When I come to Christ, this 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 is this is going to be my life. Now, when I when I come to Jesus, like I can go and put my hand over the cobra's hole and not not have to worry. I I can stick my hand in any hole and catch a catfish and not have to worry about it getting bitten off. It's not what it says. I don't know what an adder is, actually. So today it's not a catfish, but that's fine. You get the idea here. If if we if we look at six through nine, um, some might would say that this is this is where we're going. That we're we're gonna all be good. Come to Christ and life is good. You remember what I read just the previous chapter about the remnant. A remnant will return a remnant of Jacob but only a remnant of them like he was telling them hey not all you're going to make it <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I, I want you to know that we're we're going to get through this but some of you aren't going to be here when it happens um so to to read into verses 6 through 9, that life's going to be good when God had just told His people that hmm, somebody ain't going to make it, would be a gross misunderstanding of what's being said here. It would be actually uh, a terrible position to take when we talk about the peace of the Lord. Because... Peace with the Lord is not about us having a comfortable life, but it's about having the relationship with Him. It's about knowing who our God is and what He is doing and trusting in His providence. The the last line of what providence is in the Baptist providence of God does in general reach to all creatures so after a more special manner he takes care of his church and disposes of all things to the good of it doesn't mean that church is going to be good in the eyes of the world it means that it is going to be for their good no matter what happens we will trust in the Lord Tomorrow, if all of us in this room are sick and on our deathbeds, we will trust in the Lord. Sophie is in the hospital today and we will trust in the Lord with her. It does not mean that we won't be sick, that we won't hurt, that we won't feel, that we won't go through times of of, of real struggle in this life. It doesn't mean that at Christmas time when there's someone not at the table that was there last year doesn't mean that we won't hurt doesn't mean that every relationship in our life is going to be perfect it means that the lord is our peace the lord is our rock he has come to save his people and for the good of his people and what is good for them he is we pick on Evan all the time. But he rightly said, when you come to God, you get God. I probably will quote that for the rest of my life. Because it's true. Many people come to God to get peace on earth. But what they need is not to look to justice in this world. They need to look to the one who has justified. He is the only one. And lastly, with all that in mind, God's providential rest, verse 10. In that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal for all the peoples. Of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. This signal pole, this, this signal for the people, is a flagpole, a, rally, a rallying point. It's the place that you can look to in the distance and know you're going to find your people when you get there. The Lord is the signal for all peoples. All nations will inquire. It is His resting. It is only in Him. The Lord has come. A babe in the manger not to stay in a manger, but to live, die rise again and do what you and I could not. Being justified and at peace was not the ultimate. It's being with God and ultimately being His forever and finding a rest that only comes when our fear of the Lord leads us to the knowledge of Jesus, who brings the restorative peace, restoring us to the completeness so that there is no other place for us to rest but in Him. Because in this world, we we like to rest. It's Sunday afternoon. I'm going to rest. But the rest that the world offers is incomplete. There will always need to be more. Just like all the things of the world. There, there's going to. You can't get enough of it. There is no true rest. In this world. It is only in Christ. He is the signal. Flag. He, he is the rallying point. Christ has come. Died, buried, and rose again. In full view of the world. So we can point to Him and say, look, this is our rest. This is the one we are going to. This is who we are about. This is who we found our peace in. No matter what this world brings, He is our rest. He is our peace. He has the plan and the providential sovereignty to be able to bring it about. This Christmas... Um, remember who has come. God Himself in the form of a babe. Remember God's providence. His active work in bringing all of that to be. His active work in bringing justice, peace, not because we deserve justice and peace, but because He is gracious and shows mercy to His people. This Christmas rest in him and point others to the signal flag that is Christ, who is the only place for real peace. Father, this morning text is simple. It says you are coming. And looking back, we we know we know the facts. We, we've read them. But Father, I, I pray that in the middle of all the things that are going on towards the end of our calendar year, that You will turn us to You. That You will assure us of your providential plan and your and your peace and your rest. Father, that you sent your son, yourself, to repair and restore the brokenness that is, that was our relationship with you. There are no words. God, you... You are our Savior. Though you will find none of us righteous, we, we bow before you, praise you as our God, praise you that your Son has made a way God, may that be what we look to rest in and point others to this Christmas season. It's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.